evening, everybody. I wasn't going to do this until tomorrow. I was actually going to wait. Um, the reason I'm doing this, uh, I have a few reasons. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate it. Smash that like button. Get it out there. Uh, I want to try to get a handful of people on before I get started. Uh because this is very important. This is one of those. Um, this is one of those things that I wasn't going to do, uh, but it was kind of like a series of events that kind of led me here. I guess you could say. Uh, I, I've. I went shopping uh, earlier. For you know items that were, uh, what we'll call very necessary. Uh, you know, food, uh, gas for the car. Uh, and it is amazing how expensive everything is. But it, it's not just that it's expensive. There's something even more interesting at hand here. It's the fact that this problem has been going on for months. And I can't even imagine what this would be like if Trump was president and was just allowing this to fester for months on end with no changes whatsoever. And I, I have always tried to be very fair, being that I'm in the political world. Um, I was at some important events uh, this weekend. Uh, can't really get into detail on it, but let's just say that uh, I, I, I can assure you that for those of you who are wondering, are things really that bad? Yeah, they are. They're really bad. And it kind of got me emotionally because I, it was a series of events. It was going to Costco and getting my necessary groceries. And I am a very, you would call, I would say a stingy spender, but I'm a very smart spender. I'm a very diligent spender. I, I do. I make it my mission not to waste money on anything that I'm good. If I'm going to buy something, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to use it. And I'm going to use it over time. You know, salmon, for example, uh, vegetables, uh, eggs, uh, oat milk, you know, things like that. And I needed to get a new blender because I like to make uh, protein shakes, uh, especially after I exercise. So all told between the stops I made, whether it was for, you know, you obviously have um, the groceries that I got at Costco, then the gasoline, then a stop at uh, Trader Joe's, and then a small quick stop at Publix. Uh, I spent almost $300. And I'm in a very fortunate position where I can afford it, um, but it's not like I'm swimming in money uh, at all. And thinking about what it must be like for the average person who has to spend money to survive, and, and, and I like to eat healthy food. You know, I, I don't get, I do everything in my power not to get processed foods, um, you know, I, I don't buy meat, uh, you know, so I do what I can, you know, to, to try to live a healthy life. Uh, and that, and that's also that, that is correlated as well when it comes to our healthcare, that's a very big component as well, because we don't have a universal healthcare system. It really is on us to be much more diligent about what we eat, but in many cases, people can't afford to eat healthy. They have to get the cheap stuff. And by doing that, it does deteriorate your body. And so all I could think is, you know, man, if I have to spend that kind of money and I, and I drive a Honda Civic, I drive a car that's very good on gas, but it still costs $50 to fill the tank. And I think about when it used to cost $20. <laughs> yeah, I guess some things are okay, but unfortunately, big, I don't eat that food. That is not something that I have. 
But what I will say is that it really just, it got to me knowing just how difficult it must be for so many people to live right now. And I know how difficult it is for myself. And I'm still trying to, you know, get my, my break, if you will, because it's tough. It's very tough. And if any of you are watching, if you can, you know, join us on YouTube, that would be much appreciated. Uh, and please smash the like button if you're there. That would be great. How do you survive? What if you, you know, and, and I don't commute. Uh, I do a couple of different things in my life for income. I, I run a small business, which I do at home. I fundraise for college and high school sports teams. I recently got into real estate. Uh, you don't have to run around all the time. You can, uh, you know, but you'd be diligent about what your clients are looking for and you take them out. But I, I don't commute like that. That's not something I do. What about people that have to commute to work? even despite the fact things have really changed. <laughs> that is a very good point. They dare not call a chicken for legal reasons. Well, uh, for anybody who ever once saw, and I think it was on Bill Maher, the pink slime that they used to make chicken at McDonald's, and you still decided you were going to eat that afterwards, uh, I, I can't help you. But all I could think of is, this is real life. This is this is what no one is really talking about. How can anyone afford to afford to live? There is no way to live. It's a absolute nightmare. That's really what it's about. It's an absolute nightmare trying to understand how anyone in this point in time is able to live. I don't know how. And it and it's scary. You know, as a as as um, somebody who's in real estate in South Florida, where uh, a, a lot of people not only can't afford to live, but a lot of people are in real estate. My focus is on trying to help as many people in my generation and younger. Uh, achieve the what I consider to be one of the hallmarks of the American dream, and that is to own a home. And it used to be something that most people were able to ascertain. And I agree with you, Rob. Crystal was fantastic on Bill Barr. Uh, most people are not going to be able to own a home for a long time. In many cases, what I would advise them to do, if you can get equity, get it, even if it's a condo. Uh, even if it's one that needs a lot of work, at least you have something, you know, that's better than nothing. Um, but we're, we're slaves to an ungodly system, and it doesn't matter who's in control of the government. If anything, we are seeing right now, it really hit me for the first time today. And again, I've tried to be very fair about this, but it really hit me today. What an absolute failure of a president Joe Biden is on a level that's going to, I mean, we have been heading in a very dangerous direction for a very long time, decades now. And you would think after having a president in Donald Trump that really, when it, when it came to a crisis, didn't know what to do or took advice from the wrong people, wasn't willing to do what was necessary. I haven't gotten uh, to Hillary yet, Daniel. I will get to her shortly. Um, Joe is a failure, like a, a, a colossal failure of a president. There are so many things that he could be doing to mitigate this horrific circumstance. The first thing that he could do, of course, he won't do it, but what he could do is threaten nationalization of the fossil fuel industry. You think that might get their asses in line? But no, let's go out there and let's blame Vladimir Putin, even though we only get less than 4% of the, 
of our crude oil supply from their country. Now, the reason why we have this problem, the reason why we have inflation of historic proportions is because of corporate greed. And corporate power owns our government. And yes, that does not matter if it's the Democrats or the GOP. It's all the same. When it comes to corporate special interests, when it comes to real everyday issues, economic issues that determine whether or not you are surviving or thriving, it doesn't matter. Because in the end, they will tell you, we passed the price gouging bill in the House. We really care. Oh, but it's stalled in the Senate. It must be Manchin and Cinema's fault. There's always a fall person or a fall guy. There always will be. The price isn't changing. They're making money hand over fist. Mallory is correct. More than anything else, it's created. You think that we don't have the opportunity to do what is necessary in order to fix this problem? Of course we do. The president has a lot of authority. He simply chooses not to do a damn thing about it. And if I see another Democratic sycophant who is incessant about you must vote for the Democrats because this election depends on it, I don't see an ounce of anger directed at the president of the United States who has the authority to change things. Nothing. The president of the United States has the authority to cancel student debt. He has the authority to expand Medicare through a health care emergency via the Social Security Act so everyone can have health care. He does have the authority to do that. He can decriminalize cannabis, and Lord knows we should all be getting high right about now. Let's see if Jen left me anything good before she went to Asheville. Let's see. Let's see if I can at least have a moment of uh, levity. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll find out. Why am I going to need it for this? How the president and how people around him can't look at this and say, man, this is really bad. Maybe we really should do something for the American people before they do something drastic. I wouldn't blame anybody if they did. I may not be in a great position financially by any stretch, but I am nowhere near where tens of millions of people are right now. And where they are is in desperate straits. Desperate. How desperate do you want to be or do you have to be before things really start getting bad? Because they are getting bad. Like I said on our last show, you think that the man who attempted to pull off a murder-suicide on Justice Kavanaugh, you think that's the end of it? That's just the beginning. This is going to get so much worse, and people are not even contemplating how much worse this is going to get. How does, how does the average person afford to put $50? I mean, like I said, I drive a Honda Civic. I drive a car that's actually economically good on gasoline. I wish everybody would drive that. But what if you're somebody who doesn't get 30, 35 miles to the gallon? And even again, that's not where it should be. It should be in the 50s. I wish I had a Toyota Prius. What I wish is that people wake up before it's too, before it's too late. And I kind of feel like that's where we are. And we're distracted by so many issues that have no bearing on whether or not our society is going to survive, much less thrive. We specifically have these distractions that come from every direction, whether it is the LGBTQ rights issues, whether it is the abortion issue, whether it is the Second Amendment issue. This is what sucks all the air out of the room. Let's spend two days talking about how President Biden fell off his bike, because that's important. 
What's important is that people can't afford to live. They can't afford to buy a home. They can't afford to rent. Can't afford to buy food. For those of you in the chat, if you're having problems, share. Maybe under an emergency circumstance like we're in right now, why don't we have universal basic income? That would help because that's the equivalent of handing out the surplus checks, which really helped a lot of people. When you think about the packages that went out, the, you know, the COVID relief packages, some of it went to working people, but most of it went to the rich. They get everything, every time. I wouldn't accuse the GOP of giving a damn. Everything is a show game going back and forth. Well, we can only spend this much on that and this on that. The Democrats love to spend bills on excessive toys and trinkets and stuff for their rich donors and God knows what else. You never see them pass a bill that is going to benefit the working class ever. Exclusively is what it should be. We need a bottom up approach and we have anything but that right now. God damn, I cannot believe how much it costs to live. And the president is doing nothing. And they want you to get out there and vote for them in November because this is the most important election of your lifetime. Don't forget that. Or as I heard Marty Walsh from Boston say the other day, this is the most important election of our lives. Well, you ain't no Jack Kennedy or Bobby Kennedy. I can assure you that. I cannot believe how many people are really asleep at the wheel. There isn't one person who really is out there sounding the alarm in a way that it needs to be sounded. We don't have a democracy. It doesn't exist. And it kind of never really did. We have a kill or be killed society. That's what we have. Either you survive or you, or you die. And a lot of people are going to die. Good point. And one of the things that I agree with regarding the money that goes to Ukraine that people don't talk about, I am all for aiding Ukraine. But that's not what's going on here. What's going on is the war machine is seizing an opportunity to screw us all forever. Biden pulls us out of Afghanistan, but he increases sanctions which is an act of war, killing them. Biden just invaded Somalia. You don't talk about that because it's not important. Destroying this planet. We are ruining this. We're ruining everything. Like it's all going to come crashing down. It's going to be really bad. The idea that we're even talking. I mean, again, January 6th is important. There were crimes committed and people should pay for them, especially Representative Loudermilk, who has basically been caught red handed. And quite frankly, Justice Thomas's wife, Jenny Thomas, is knee deep involved in this, in, in what went down. But if you actually cared and you really wanted to get something done, you would start impeachment proceedings on Justice Thomas. But you're not going to do that. And that's why Justice Sotomayor came out the other day and says, oh, I support Justice Thomas. It is a small club and you're not invited. You know, they always say it's a big club and you ain't in it. That George Carlin was only partially right. In reality, it's a very small club and you are not allowed in. There are very few people that get inside this, this bubble, if you will, whatever you want to call it. I will only say this much. I know who's in there. I've been around enough of them. They don't give a damn about you and they never will. You're just an inconvenience who just better do as you're told. You may not have shackles. And some people think that, well, I'm not really living any different than I would uh, 
you know, if, if things were somewhat stable, I, I'm okay. You're not okay. We have no living wage. We have no universal health care. We do not have a clean energy grid, which, again, the president of the United States has the authority to declare a climate emergency, which we're living in, and build a clean energy grid very similar to the war machine that had to be built in World War I under Wilson and World War II under FDR. They have the authority to do this. It's been done, and they're not doing a damn thing about it. You know how many different forms of alternative energy exist that isn't coal or natural gas? Plenty, and we could have it. So when anybody says we are not capable of having these things, they are lying, and if you believe it, you're a sucker. Do not think for a second that we are not entitled to live a decent life because we are. Most of the developed world does. Not us. We got the most money. You could have geothermal. You could extract energy from volcano, ash, and lava. Bet you didn't know that one. Uh, what could we do? We could have solar. We could have endless wind farms, plenty of plenty of space out there in the United States to have endless wind farms. And yes, they are less of a problem than, uh, you know, again, there's arguments about solar. I understand that. Nothing is perfect. We can have hydroelectric power. We could have biofuel replace jet fuel. And yes, if you want to talk about nuclear version four, which eliminates nuclear waste, that's a conversation worth having. Now, of course, the argument that we've heard repeatedly about nuclear is that it takes a long time to build a reactor, and I'm sure that is correct. But we have to do something. And if we had a president that got this moment, that recognized how desperate the circumstances are, we would. They, they, the disconnect is incredible. Incredible. I don't understand how people don't get this. I've been at this for about six years now, seven years. And it, it is incredible how easily people are at each other's throats about stuff that is completely irrelevant. But I will say, I've seen enough and credit to Kyle Kalinske at Secular Talk, who did a really good video on this the other day, which talked about one of the huge problems that exists within any of the left movements is that the CIA always manages to infiltrate. And they don't infiltrate in ways that most people think. They infiltrate in ways that creates dissension. Everything about... Uh, you know, arguments amongst leadership and how business should be conducted to something as simple and as silly. And yes, it is silly. And frankly, it's it's something that I consider to be very stupid. When you argue about things like pronouns, you've already lost the boat. If people don't want to use them, then they shouldn't have to. And people who want to use them, respect them if they want to use them. And that's the end of the argument and the end of the conversation. That's where it should begin and it should end. But that's not how it is in many of these circles. And they manage to waste unbelievable amounts of time because they are not strategic enough. We really need to get our freaking act together, especially if there's going to be any hope, any hope at all, for some type of a primary challenge in 2024. Joe Biden says he's running again. OK, well, he needs to be primary. I'm saying it now. Because we know he's not going to do a damn thing. And boy, oh boy, are they waiting to lose in November. They're just hoping they, they only need to lose one house or one branch, either the House or the Senate. It doesn't matter. They'll take either one. Because as long as they lose one of them, they can just do gridlock for the next two years. They don't do anything. But the difference, of course, is that as soon as the Democrats lose in the midterms, and they will lose. The 24 election cycle is going to start in earnest. It's going to start fast. 
you'll get somebody who will declare maybe not by the end of the year, but definitely by the beginning of 2023. Like that will happen. And it'll begin. And away we go. But for those of you out there who are here this and are in desperate, desperate straits, all I could say is I'm sorry. And I'm and I'm and I'm sorry that you're living in pain. And no matter it's almost like no matter how hard you try, you're gonna get knocked down the mountain again. And screw anybody who tells you that your job ain't good enough or that it ain't worth it. We all have a role to play in this society. Not everybody is capable of being a doctor or a lawyer or an accountant or a political consultant. We need welders. We need electricians. We need teachers, nurses. Plumbers, we need clean energy builders. And they all should be making a living wage. And they all should have universal health care. And they don't have either. Hear another son of a bitch say, I'll just get a better job. You know, I know Scat likes to joke around, but... Why do you think so many women do OnlyFans? You think they're doing it because that's what they really want to do or because they know that that's basically where they can make enough money to survive? My God, are things bad right now? Thank you, Anthony. Lawn and landscape workers. And if you see what it's like down here in Florida, that is a cottage industry. Everybody wants a beautiful lawn. Immaculate living is a big thing. And these roles need to be filled and they should be paid well. Always make sure to tip your servers and bartenders and tip them well if they do well. Same with an Uber or a Lyft driver. Everybody has a role to play and everyone's work is valued and should be valued. I've done all kinds of odd jobs in my life. I never would want to feel like my work didn't matter. But in the eyes of many, it doesn't matter. You just feel like, oh well. The men- the, your mental sanity is, is literally sapped from your, from your, from your well-being. I think about coming from New Jersey and times growing up and thinking about when I would think about guys that would talk about the, the, the job that they had pride in, whether it was being a taxi driver or being a, a doorman at, at the plaza, for example. There's, there was such New York pride, if you will, in, in those jobs. That's, that's the way it should be. A train operator. It's not like that anymore. And as a result of our instant gratification culture, as a result of social media, people spend so much time trying to be relevant in a way that is completely disconnected from reality. If you're not using social media for work-related purposes, let's say. You're really wasting time. It's not gonna change anything. It's just gonna make it worse. And enough people are effed up emotionally to begin with. You add in the social media component of likes, clicks, retweets, hearts, and all that good stuff. But no, let's see another uh, comfortable suburbanite housewife making a dancing video and getting 10,000 likes because, you know, life's great.
the people who are so damn comfortable that they feel the need to berate the hell out of people who are not comfortable into doing exactly as they think things need to be. No free will. And that brings me to Hillary Clinton. I, Hillary Clinton is not going away. So you better get used to that. She and Bill put so much money and power into the Democratic Party or got so much money and power from the Democratic Party as a result that they basically own it. They're not going to give that up. They love to hear themselves talk and they love to let everybody know that they are still controlling things behind the scenes. And they are. You better believe they are. And this is something I have on good authority. The Clintons are still very much in power in many ways. There's a reason why nothing is changing. Our hands are tied. And so now in spite of all these things that are happening, we see how bad things are getting. And Hillary Clinton can't help but stick her nose in the middle of this shit. Because why not? If Hillary hears this, I'm going to say this very direct and as politely as I can. You are a terrible human being. You always have been. You are somebody of immense privilege. You have never cared about anybody outside of your class. You truly look upon everyday people like they're scum. And that they should be grateful that you're willing to lead them or control them, berate them, scold them. You really suck. You're out there trying to tell people that this is the most important election of their lives and that things like civil liberties and economic needs don't matter, that we must preserve democracy? Does that include elections for the general election or the primary elections too? I'm just curious. You know, we think about in politics how short-term memory people really have And they don't remember anything about what happened two minutes ago, much less six years ago. But I remember it. And even when I wasn't on the inside, even when I was just giving my blood, sweat and tears to Bernie's campaign, because I really thought we had something special happening here in this country. And in many ways, we did. That primary election was stolen. And it wasn't stolen in one way. It was stolen in many ways. You want to talk about our democracy being taken from us? Hillary Clinton took the primary from Bernie Sanders. Did she do it all by herself? No. But she was definitely directing the ship. Debbie Wasserman Schultz played her role and so did a lot of other people. That was when democracy was stolen. And we've been trying to get it back ever since. We're only six years removed from it. I'm surprised this country's still still surviving. And we're not out killing each other in the streets. A presidential primary was literally stolen in broad daylight. I remember... After Bernie's greatest performance, which was after he pulled off the Michigan primary upset, and then he destroyed Hillary in the debate in Miami. 
But then sure enough, they had that huge second Super Tuesday, if you will, which included Illinois, Missouri, Ohio, Florida, and I don't remember the fifth state. Maybe somebody could remind me of what that fifth state was. I saw how they were waiting the votes in Chicago through the voting machines. I went to a special, I'm not going to say what it was, but let's just say that I was able to see how they manipulated the vote in Chicago. Cook County, Illinois is the most corrupt political county in the United States, period. And it's been this way forever. So when you go and look at the vote splits between Hillary and, and Bernie in 2016 in Illinois, Bernie won every single freaking county in that state except Cook County. In Missouri, Bernie dominated. But then little by little, slowly but surely, the vote just seemed ha- somehow swung all the way to Hillary Clinton. And why was that? Well, because St. Louis voters had to get their votes in late. You know, the city that Lacey Clay, the political dynasty, ran for 60 years. They had people on camera electioneering at the polls with leaflets that were coming directly from the Missouri Democratic Party saying vote for Hillary Clinton. That's illegal. You can't do that. But they did it anyway, just like Marty Walsh who's now in the in the Biden administration, who was out in Boston, Massachusetts, in the suburbs. How do I know that he was? Because my own goddamn brother was at the polls when it happened. He was there with President Clinton. And they were in the polling stations, not even outside. They were inside telling people to vote for Hillary. And that you should go to prison for. But it didn't happen. That's rigging an election and cheating. And that's just one thing that you can see. Imagine what you can't see. You can't see a lot. Believe me. Believe me. Believe me. It's totally rigged. It is rigged. There was never a reckoning for what happened in that primary. And Bernie should have done a hell of a lot more than he did. He wanted to be a team player. I wanted to stop Donald Trump. I thought he was dangerous, and that's exactly why I did what I did. Well, congratulations. Now we're here, and it's getting worse every goddamn day. Ron DeSantis is out fundraised. The Democratic candidates here in Florida, probably 8 to 1, 10 to 1. He's not even running for governor anymore. He's running for president. All of these mistakes could have been easily avoided. But we are still not dealing with what happened in 2016. God damn it. And this woman has the audacity to go out there and start her own pontification about what's important, about how you need to get over The fact that LGBTQ, especially the trans community, is being heavily targeted right now. They are. And why? For political gain. Not because anybody gives a damn about whether or not you have a few outliers. There's over 330 million people in this country. And so you've got, I don't know, 25, 50, 100 teachers that don't meet your satisfaction. And this is the hill that people want to die on. They're doing it because it works. They don't give a rat's ass about whether a person's trans. They care that they can use it as a weapon for electoral politics. So you don't talk about the fact that the federal minimum wage is still $7.25. Did you see that the federal minimum wage in Australia is now over $21? Bet you didn't think of that. That's more important. Oh, and they have universal health care too. But let's listen to what Hillary Clinton has to say the two-time loser who only made it into the U.S. Senate because it was basically gift-wrapped to her when Bill Clinton was still president. You know, I thought she actually, I forgot, that I actually thought that she won the Senate two years after he had left the White House. No, she was running for the U.S. Senate while she was still the first lady. Imagine that. I thought that would have been a scandal at the time. Guess not. 
I have, I have really, I have really had enough. I have had enough of her. People want to see Trump go down, and rightfully so. But Hillary Clinton is, um, she is one of the most cold, inconsiderate, self-loathing, self-absorbed, narcissistic sociopaths I've ever seen. There is not an ounce of sympathy or empathy in that body. She hates everyone and everything because she didn't become president of the United States. She thought it was her birthright. She thought she was entitled to it. And anyone who didn't get on board, no matter how horrible a person or a presidential candidate or a policy person she was, didn't matter. It was owed to her. You know, we think about the people who took on the emotional uh, makeup of Trump. What about the people who took on the emotional makeup of Hillary? God, how many people did Hillary drive to therapy? It's all Vladimir Putin's fault. I feel really bad for a lot of people that are in a lot of pain. And when you're looking for just something, something, there's nothing. There's no, everyone's asleep at the wheel. Everyone. I didn't want to do this, but I felt I had to do this. I don't want to talk about Hillary Clinton. But her callous nature cannot be allowed to go on, you know, cannot be not called out. And we have to We all have to recognize that these problems are much, much bigger than we think. And if we don't get our act together, it's going to get really bad. It already is bad, but it's going to get worse than you could possibly think. And for those people out there who are doing this for money, doing it for a grift, and let me just say, And I mean this in the most polite way possible. If you're dumb enough to get behind Jimmy Dore running for president, you are a sucker. There'll be somebody better who will run. I can assure you of that. That's a grift if there ever was one. That's all about running around the country in every place uh, making money. Going on tour. That's what it is. It's going on tour. Oh, he's a truth teller. Yeah, that'll that yeah, that'll work. There's plenty of truth tellers out there. People's party is not a party. It's a little club that Nick Brana is running on his own. Yeah, when things get desperate, there's also people that will take advantage of that desperation. So Jimmy will say the truth. And as a result, they're going to figure out a way to make a lot of money off of it. That's what's going to happen because people are going to support it. Anyone who thinks that if Jimmy runs that people won't support it or is his endeavor is a fool. They're, they're a fool because Jimmy will get support. He will. 
But is Jimmy seriously about running for president of the United States like a serious candidate who's going to really do what he has to do? No. Maybe he feels that he's got a little of a Eugene Debs thing going on. But again, running for president of the United States is big business, huge business. You think he's got people watching his channel now where he's getting hundreds of thousands of views? He runs for president, he'll get a million views on the average video because people will be curious. Not just the people that support him, but every person that wants to hate watch him and they'll do, and they will do that. But Jimmy's not serious and neither is Nick Brana and neither is anybody else. It's a way to make money. That's it. And a lot of people do it. I think we do have some viable options. I do think there are going to be others. I do think, this is my opinion, I don't know for sure, but in accordance with what he said on our podcast, I do believe that Jesse Ventura is going to run for president and it will likely be in the forward part. If he does that, I think he's a threat. Is he a threat to win? Probably not. But is he a threat to cause a lot of people to talk and maybe build up a real third party movement that focuses on ranked choice voting and open primaries, things like that. Yeah. I think that's very possible. Now he's great. Jesse is not only somebody who will absolutely take it to both sides, but he's also somebody who has been a mayor and the governor of a big state. And he was a great governor. He's got credentials. I think there's a reasonable chance. It's not a guarantee. I think there's a reasonable chance that Marianne Williamson will run for president. Again. And I think if she does, I think not only will she do exceptionally better than she did last time, but if she is able to cultivate the Bernie base, because I do not believe Bernie's going to run again. And Bernie... By coming out and saying, I am support, I'm supporting Joe to run again at 24, and that is who I'm going to support. Well, Bernie, since you are basically telling people you will not run again, and maybe it's for the better, we need somebody who will run for president who isn't going to back down, who isn't going to fold to the pressure but is going to push through. And I do believe that if Marianne Williamson ran for president in 24, I think she could be a dark horse, just like I think Jesse Ventura could be a dark horse outside of the two-party system. I do not see Marianne running for president uh, as a, as a third party candidate. I, I don't think she would have that kind of an influence. Um, but I think Jesse Ventura would. So I think the case can be made. And I think that that will have a lot to do with it. I do. And if Joe does not run again, it'll be a free for all. There'll be a lot of candidates in there. Rob, I respectfully disagree. Uh, Liz Warren will run again, but Liz Warren, she made her bed. And that's never going to change. She made her choice. She decided to do what she wanted, what she was going to do against Bernie. Um, it was a terrible miscalculation on her part. And anyone who advised her, because uh, I'm not really sure Liz necessarily did that all on her own, but it was a very big mistake. So between Liz Warren and Marianne Williamson, in this moment in time, I think Marianne would have a much better shot at capturing Bernie's movement than Liz would. That's my opinion. 
So I think what you want to see is you want to have somebody on the inside running in the Democratic primary and somebody on the outside legitimately running in a third party uh, window. So I think that's the most likely scenario. But what we also have to recognize, guys, and this is important, there are so many seats that are out there for the taking at the local level, whether it is the state house, city council, county commission tends to be more expensive instead of uh, more populated areas. But compared to Congress, where a lot of people in the progressive movement like to run, there is ample opportunity to win these significant seats that create a real vacuum for the non-corporate progressive movement. The best example that I can give would be somebody like Ken Mejia, who is going to be the next comptroller of Los Angeles. That's a big deal. For those of you who know Ken, he ran multiple times for office in the Green Party. He did lose, but he built up a very strong base of support and decided to run in a nonpartisan race, which may as well be the Green Party. And he won. Took a couple of tries, but he got there in a very important seat. Was he going to win if he ran for Congress again in the Green Party against Jimmy Gomez? No. But he found a way. And now he's in a really important position. Very important. So I'm excited about what is possible if we get our act together. Very few people are going to be able to break through at the, at the federal level in Congress and especially in the Senate. It's, it's a crapshoot. Nikolai, I'm not taking that seriously. That's not, that's not legitimate. That's just, you know, it's what it is. I, I will say this. Um, if you think about what happens to the average election cycle, you may get one or two uh, that will break through at the congressional level. Summer Lee broke through in Pittsburgh. I think Yulene New has an excellent chance of breaking through in New York's 10th. And maybe David Kim catches lightning in a bottle in LA and is finally able to overtake Jimmy Gomez. But that's, uh, that's about it. And obviously, uh, you know, with, uh, with um, Jamie McLeod taking down Kurt Schrader in Oregon, that was a big one too. But again, at a 435 congressional races, it's only going to happen a, a couple of times. It's, it's a like, it's like a point. Oh, it's like it's like a 0.2 percent that you're going to do it. It's it's very rare, and so you know that that to me, I think. Don't know about Jack uh, Rob. You'd have to send me some info. Uh, I do agree about the DNC. I do think that there is a really. I think there is a chance that Mark Cuban might run in the forward party. That I do agree with. I think that is very possible. Um, I'm not saying, Phoenix, that The Rock isn't viable. I just don't see it happening. And I don't think America, um, you know, listen, we are a cartoon at this point, so there really isn't anything that would surprise me per se. But I think when the country gets desperate, like really desperate, it really takes somebody who can harness that energy in a way that can't be done through, you know, wonkiness and all of that. Um, you don't just need a rabid truth teller. You need somebody who really understands emotionally where people are at. Those things are very important. So keep that in mind. And 
I hope you all, uh, I appreciate every one of you who came on tonight. Uh, tomorrow is, uh, well, you know, today's Juneteenth and it is Father's Day, but officially Juneteenth is tomorrow because it is a federal holiday. It'll be off. We will have our podcast tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Our guest is going to be Garland Dixon. That should be a very fun conversation. Jen will be here. Um, Parker, I... I don't think Nina's going to run in 24. I don't. I think that she is going to step away for a little while, and that may be for the best. Uh, I guess, uh, yeah, we've got, we've really got to get away from this idea that we need actors to run for president. We already had one actor in the 80s do it, and he got away with it, and Lord knows, um, we certainly don't want more of that. So if Reagan can become president and I could totally become president, we don't need that. We need, we need somebody who is a working class champion. Bernie is that, but Bernie will only take it so far. And that's what people need to understand. And that's why a new direction must be taken. Not because we don't love Bernie. No one loves Bernie more than me. Bernie woke up a sleeping giant in this country. It hasn't been realized yet. It will be in the not too distant future. But for now, we are where we are. Um, I don't know who that's gonna be, but based on what I'm seeing, I would say your two best bets are Marianne Williamson and Jesse Ventura. That's what I see. I think that's where it's gonna come from. I don't know yet. It's still too early to tell. We obviously, we're not going to have any answers until after the midterms. So even though Joe is saying he's going to run again, you won't know until after the midterms where he really stands because that's when the next election cycle begins. They're just trying to hold serve right now. But at this point, after what I went through today, knowing how unbelievably bad things are economically, I, I honestly don't care who wins. I don't. Because whoever is going to do what is necessary for the American people is who should be there. And right now we live in a country that does not care about working people. Not at all. Not even a little bit. Not even pretending like they care. They just don't at all. And it's sick. Absolutely sick. Mal, I, it just kind of hit me when I went to um, Kamala Harris is a joke. That's the that's all I'll say about the vice president, with all due respect. When I realized today, how much it costs to live. It's got to be unbelievably hard for so many people. I think Yang, I think Andrew Yang does care. Parker, I, I disagree regarding uh, Marianne's credibility within the progressive movement. I think there are people who uh, have some issues with her take uh, specifically on Israel. I, I understand that. Um, yeah, that's uh, that that plays a role for sure. I get that. But one of the hardest realizations of the progressive movement is that a lot of people are just not strategic. Being strategic is a very important part of it. And understanding how you galvanize people is key. That's a big thing. Uh There's, there, there is a lot that goes into this. And so, uh, Patty, I'm not sure who, I'm not sure who you're talking about. Um, well, I think a, a socialist in terms of name, Patty, who are you? I, I, Oh, Kamala's terrible. Yes, I agree. 
But don't worry, she had a nice little shindig in front of her mansion this afternoon. If you didn't see that one, that was that was a real nice photo op that she did. Um, yeah, that's correct, Nikolai. I agree. Same thing happened. Um, Marianne is for reparations. That is correct. Um, yeah, Andrew. Uh, Andrew took a really big hit uh, when he ran uh, for mayor regarding his take on Israel. Uh, I would say the odds of Biden running again is probably 50-50. But here's the thing. Biden is not capable of running. He's not capable of running around the country and campaigning as a presidential candidate, much less giving those speeches that are necessary. Somebody comes along and is able to convince millions of people that this is possible in another way, especially without being attached to the corporate special interest money, which is what prevents him from doing anything of note. Uh, Yes, I do remember you, Nikolai. You were standing in front of me on the line. I remember you. It's good to hear from you, man. Send an email to P, uh, send it to a, a generational change at gmail.com. Uh, AB, uh, what, what's uh, Sandra? What's uh, AB? Well, I, I'm not sure what that is. Uh, but again, as far as Joe is concerned, yeah, I don't think he, he runs again. I think, well, again, again, uh, Definitely much more so with with Joe than with Trump in terms of their age, in terms of how it shows. But, uh, yeah, Joe is not capable of running. He's just not. Does that mean that he won't run? No, he might. And that'll really, I mean, to start warming up that seat for DeSantis, that's all I can say. Because that's where that's where it's going. And you should all be able to see this way in advance. The longer you're in politics, the easier it is to kind of watch uh, the trajectory of, of where this goes. Because it's because uh, it sucks. It really does. And I've been at the I've been at the bottom, guys. I, I've been in really bad circumstances. I lived in the Bronx for two years and I was living in a very bad area for a while. And, you know. I heard the gunshots. I had my car broken into multiple times. One of the things that allowed me to not uh, be in, a, in the worst possible scenario was that it, it just so happens that the place I was living, the adjacent apartment that was next to the, the building that I was living in, um, I was very friendly with the guy who owned it, and he was a cop. So I, I, uh, I was fortunate enough to learn a thing or two um, in terms of how that would when, but when you're living paycheck to paycheck in a not good area and you're desperate to get out of the situation that you're living in, knowing full well that there are things that the government could do, that the president could do to help you, to mitigate that circumstance, not so that you are dependent on welfare, but that you have an opportunity to rise and knowing that they choose not to do anything, why the hell would you vote for them? We need to be focused on how we continue to build out the infrastructure. Voting for the Green Party or the Libertarian Party is a waste of time. It's not going to do you shit. It, it, it will do absolute shit. You need to focus on electoral reform and electing non-corporate representatives at the local level, which does not cost a lot of money. That can have an immense bearing on your livelihoods. That's the mistake so many people make. Did you know the New Hampshire Democratic Party only really invests in their federal candidates? They don't do anything for the state candidates. That's amazing. I just found this out the other day. And people wonder why things are so bad. I'd much rather be like the GOP and build everything from the ground up. Having a very strong local or state party is infinitely more important than what you get on Capitol Hill, because on Capitol Hill, everything's gridlock. (laughs) <laughs> That's funny, Matt. I hear you. At least you got a couple of uh, pretty solid candidates in New York running right now. 
Yes, she has, Sandra. Those are some excellent points about Marion Williamson and why I think her credentials are actually pretty good. Um, whether it's running against Joe or running in a crowded field. But like I said, um, the key to Marianne running in the Democratic primary, if she does, that would be to her advantage and to her success is pretty much whether or not she can capture Bernie's movement. If she can do that, which I think Nina Turner absolutely would capture, but after what just happened in these last two elections, I just don't see it happening. Uh, but if she is able to form a team and build it up in, 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 in sort of a way that is a, a Bernie 3.0, that could be a big deal. I think that would, that would um, that'd be very interesting. And just like with Jesse Ventura, that's, a, that's quite a man. And if you guys haven't seen our podcast with him, I highly recommend you check it out. Yes, he did. Reagan was a very mixed bag as president of the United States. There were things that he did really good, and there were things he did that were really bad. Reagan's policies hurt this country in a number of ways, but dare I say that the policies that were passed under Clinton were worse. And that's why we are where we are. Reagan with the tax cuts, Reagan with the deregulation of the Fairness Doctrine in 87, Iran-Contra, there, there's a lot of things that he did bad. Firing of the air traffic controllers. But then Biden, I mean, excuse me, Trump, eh, Clinton, uh, I'm here. I'm here to remind you all that I did NAFTA. I did normal trade relations with China. I did the 96 Telecom Act, the 94 Crime Bill, and oh, and 99 repeal of Glass-Steagall. When you think about all of those things, it's a big reason why we're here. But let Hillary Clinton remind you of why you must listen to her and do as she says. Or if you don't, she might be lurking in in the woods. Yeah, I think that's where you'll find her. So... I'm really glad all of you guys are here and enjoying the conversation. I think uh, I think we've definitely got a lot of good things out. To, I know I I know I feel better now. I hope you enjoyed it, and like I said, um, it, it sucks, and I'm sorry things are so tough right now for so many people. Uh, but stay strong and keep fighting, as we like to say. And with that, uh, and Sandra, that's why you need somebody running in the primary and you need somebody running in the third party. That's the play. Thank you so much. See you tomorrow night. Thanks for watching. If you want to support our mission to transform politics into service, please like this video, subscribe, follow us on social media, and consider joining our Patreon, where you'll get early access to our interviews as well as other exclusive content. Links are in the description. Peace out.